Winter is finally here. That's right, guys. The final season of Game of Thrones is upon us. Shit is going to get real. Tons of people are going to die. No. It's going to be crazy. And we're going to jump right into some of our favorite moments of the show so far on episode 65 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek, and uh, Jessica is not here today. Uh, she's on vacation, guys, uh, enjoying a good time, and uh, I decided to bring on a special guest, one of my best friends. We got Vinny Bate, everyone. What's up? What's up, Brandon? Thanks for having me. One of your best <laughs> friends? That's huge. <laughs> he, just, oh he just shook my hand. <laughs> they, they don't see that. <laughs> so used to doing visual comedy that he just you know i had to do it i waved at everyone too you guys couldn't see it though. So. <laughs> well benita before we get into game of thrones you want to do just like maybe a quick little blurb a little bit about yourself so the, the listeners sure know. um i uh love long walks on the beach I... <laughs> no um i moved to chicago about a year ago i've been doing stand-up comedy open mics and stuff with brandon um, and I've been a Game of Thrones fan literally since season two started. Uh, and I read all the books, and I'm just really excited to do this podcast with you, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's around the same time I found the show, too, was between seasons two and three, I think. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been a long journey. It's crazy to think that, like, think about what we were doing back when season two and three were happening. In, oh. Like, 2012, 2013. I was such a terrible person back then. I was, <laughs> I was not happy with me back then. <laughs> uh, looking now, I'm so much better as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> all right did you so. read the books i did not read the books. i did read the book so i okay. think everything i say if we ever have a disagreement i'm clearly the winner uh, <laughs> i read the books oh uh, yeah well for every time you read the books i probably watched the show two more times than you did okay fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah so holy crap guys uh we're, we're, we're gonna be talking about tons of spoilers from seasons one through seven so if, if for some reason you haven't caught up go do that Pause this, go catch up, and then come back to this. <laughs> We'll wait for you. <laughs> yeah. We're waiting. Yeah. All right. Ready? And we're waiting. And we're waiting. Oh, you're back. Great. Shit is crazy, That right? was crazy. That was insane, <laughs> right? We just Shit watched. Out. Yeah. We just watched seven seasons right now. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually have rewatched seasons one through seven the oh last few God. months. What, it's in preparation for this. I mean, like yeah, I, it's kind of a yearly tradition. At least once nice. a year, sometimes twice a year, I rewatch the show up until the new season coming out. Obviously, the gap between season seven and eight was a lot longer. It was almost two years. Mm -hmm. Season seven happened way back in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So it's been a long time, but. Uh, yeah, so guys, we're going to be talking about a lot of our favorite moments from the show over the course, and then maybe we'll maybe we'll get into some predictions for season all right, eight. All right. But uh, 
But yeah, I'm really curious, guys. You know, feel free to leave comments or tweet at us, uh, message us in some way. Uh, uh, some of your favorite moments based on what we talk about ours. I'm really curious to hear them. But uh, yeah, uh, shit's getting real. Um, I mean, let's let's dive right into it. One of the big okay. things this show is known for is heartbreaking deaths. Yeah, so many deaths that make you cry make you go like no that had to have been a dream sequence they're still alive <laughs> right uh so uh let's just dive right in most heartbreaking death first seven seasons of game of thrones beneath what, what is it i what, mean what there, crushed you there are a lot of different options here i think of kind of the moment i realized i was a game of thrones fan was when ned stark died oh yeah like, that was that, classic that's, that's a classic all-time moment um, but the one that hurt me the most, the one that like still sticks to me is Khal Drogo dying. Okay. That one hurt me the most. Really? And I see some, I know you're not a fan of Khal Drogo, right? Oh yeah. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan, but I, I, he was just not like a favorite character or most interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, Khal Drogo was kind of like. The way we think about Jamie Lannister's arc over like a few different seasons, Khal Drogo had that same kind of feeling to me, just like in a shorter time frame. Okay. And like, um, just in the beginning where I was like, oh, who's this guy who's kind of like an asshole and a jerk? And then eventually, uh, it kind of turns out to be like, he's got a li- little bit more depth to him. He actually loves Danny. And I was so excited about the stallion that's going to mount the world and, yeah. and their baby. And I thought that was going to be the show. I thought it was going to be a show about Danny. And Khal Drogo raising this child, and then the <laughs> child eventually becoming the main the main person. And Khal Drogo dying just hurt me so much, just because also like all the circumstance that came around it, them like beheading that horse, all the blood coming on Khal Drogo, and then Khal Drogo eventually becoming um, like a mute and kind of not really existent. Uh, to eventually, Danny had to kill him, and that was just all of that. Like, other deaths, you can, like, like Ned Stark died. With Khal Drogo, it felt like it was, like, over, like, the course of a whole episode, and it was, like, a slow death, which made it even worse, because there was hope in the middle, Yeah, maybe everything will work out, but then, no, eventually, it was just so much worse. So, for me, it's it's my guy, Jason Momoa. <laughs> no, Our- that's, a, that's a great point, because, let's be honest, he was probably one of the most badass characters Died the dumbest way possible. <laughs> he got an infection. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, guys, like, some people have died in some really epic ways, whether it was actual characters or just side people and, like, battles. And he died such a ridiculous <laughs> death. He was literally, it was because he was cocky. All he needed was a band-aid. He, like, he, a band-aid he, and he, needed, <laughs> he gets in a fight with this dude and, like, the guy puts the, the blade on his chest and opposed to backing away and fighting him, he digs it in deeper and then fights him and so kills him. You know how badass that was? That whole scene where this guy has, like, weapons. Khal Drogo has nothing. He's yeah. just standing there. He takes this hit and he still ends up killing this other dude. Well, So badass. So badass. But he's dead. <laughs> but he only lasted nine episodes and was comatose for the tenth. So let's be honest. How badass was it really? <laughs> So that's that's a you know interesting pick. Uh, I definitely think that, like you said, I thought maybe he would have lasted longer or maybe died in some epic fashion because uh, you know he 
killed Danny's brother with the the golden crown episode. A crown Another fit for a king. Amazing scene. Yeah. That scene also really got me into Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because it was like, oh my god, they're actually showing this happen. Yeah. This is gruesome to watch and amazing because of how much we hated that character. Viserys. Yeah. Vis- I'll never forget the sound because uh, they pour the gold molten gold on his head and then he hits the ground and it's solid. Yeah. It's a dunk. I'm yeah. like, ooh, like, yeah, so... But his face just needed... Like, I was so happy as well to see, <laughs> see that happen to him. His face looked better after the gold stuff yeah. came out to him. <laughs> so, Khal Drogo, okay, yeah. Um, it's yours. Uh, but, but also, I do have to say, like I said, good point that you thought that maybe he could have been, like, healed because they had the, 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 like, voodoo witch kind of doing stuff. And sure, it seemed sketchy, but you at yeah. least thought, like, maybe, maybe. For sure. For sure. And Danny had saved her, so I thought maybe she, this this voodoo witch... What's her name? Mirza something? I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a bunch of consonants. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she she eventually was the reason that, like, you know, like, she lost her baby and the yeah. husband. Yeah. It's rough. Two deaths in a short amount of time for yeah. Danny. Um, so, my most heartbreaking death... Uh, it, it was tempting to pick Ned, too. But I feel like that's kind of like a given for everyone. That's that's what set the tone for no one is safe. Mm. But for me, I think I'm going to have to go with Rob Stark. Ooh. Because Rob was one of my favorite characters. And uh, I, I think he had all of the good teachings of his dad. Like, you could tell he was going to be like... He was going to be just like Ned. You know, he right. was a good warrior. You know, like, unlike Joffrey, who was just like a little bitch. And like, <laughs> so dumb. So, had no intelligence whatsoever. Rob uh, outsmarted Jamie like, right away. I think mm-hmm. it was the same... Uh, yeah, it's episode nine, the same episode that Ned gets beheaded. Uh, he captures Jamie because he, he lured them into a trap, making it seem like he was going for Tywin. But took out, uh, but captured Jamie, right. um, and like, it sucks that the thing that did him in was the fact that he fell in love with this girl, which is obviously different from the books. Um, on how they handled that, as it's not so much a love story as it is just, um, you know, he felt for his duty he had to marry this woman, mm-hmm. uh, and broke the thing, uh, the deal with the phrase, but like. He he seemed like everything was going so well as far as, like... I love... There's a scene in season three where he's like, I've won every battle, but I'm losing this war. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, that doesn't make sense. That's not how it should be. You win every <laughs> battle, you should be winning the war. And so that moment in the Red Wedding episode where uh, he's getting just hit with crossbows... His pregnant wife gets stabbed in the oh, stomach. That was, that was rough. And he just goes up to her lifeless body and like puts his hand on her stomach and is just so done. And like Catelyn still thinks there's a chance that like he can escape. She's uh-huh. like, Rob, just walk out. And he's just like, <laughs> both of our mothers would be do this exact same. Yeah, thing right. <laughs> they would think exactly like Catelyn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, and his final line where he's like, mother and. and <laughs> What? Your accent is amazing. Keep, keep <laughs> what? Doing That's it. what he sounded like. Keep doing it. And Roose Bolton, just like the Lannisters send the regards, boom, just stabbed in the heart and he's done. And it's like, oh, seriously? That's how he goes I, out? 
Yeah, that was rough. Have you heard about, like, in the show, and it's, it's a bit more featured in the books, but in the show, where they're, like, they sewed his, like, head onto his dire wolf. Yeah. And, like, killed the dire wolf and, like, threw him into the river. And that's just such a tough look. Yeah. For, <laughs> tough for, like, look? Yeah. For Rob yeah. Stark. Yeah. I just, do have... Go ahead. I do have to say, Rob Stark was a character that, like, he had everything... He was a bit too perfect. <laughs> for me to like really really like him like he he did everything correctly he never really had that much like you know going against him apart from the fact that he like loved this girl so much more um i just never was able to like Jon snow Tyrion lannister all these people are in a way broken things and that's what makes me love them more rob stark was like the oldest richest like strongest <laughs> best looking kind of like son and he, yeah, he followed Eddard Stark because it's like, yeah, of course you're going to follow like the most like honest man ever. Yeah. But it was too easy to root for him. And I never really got all in on rooting for him. And then the whole thing about, I don't think Eddard Stark would have like married this other girl. He yeah. was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to think with my dick. Because I'm like, uh, <laughs> he was like a 16, 17 year old like boy. Well, that's that the point. thing is yeah. he, he is supposed to be like. 17 to 18 like he is supposed to be young even though the actor doesn't look like that maybe he was in season one or something maybe mm -hmm. early 20s but like he is supposed to be young so like i get the whole like he falls in love thing but and i can understand why it's hard to root for him when he's just so like perfect in every way yeah but i i think i just more so love the fact that everyone underestimated him like even one of ned's final scenes varus is like your son is raise the bannerman like they're coming up for you and he's like he's just a boy you know and oh, like yeah. it's a little throwaway line and uh they call him the young wolf and like tywin's like come on he's a child like everyone doubts him <laughs> yet he is such a great fucking like general um so yeah i well, how do you feel about like him and like the whole car stark situation do you remember this where it's like, i do he lost half his like people because this one guy wanted to kill and get revenge on Jamie Lannister, but then Catelyn let him let Jamie Lannister go, and he yeah the the old Karstark guy just always looked like he was pissed because yeah. of that. I think, I think it was a tough decision. I see why he made his decision, but one of them had I think it was Catelyn or maybe even his wife Talisa uh, had a better idea, which was keep him as a hostage so that like his men still stay here and like fight with us. But then again, that could have caused rebellion later maybe people try to break him out and escape it it's... my move would have been send him to the night uh night's watch uh make him take up the black and you know Possibly. get him out there get him away from here and like you know there's there's starks and car starks who have been sent yeah. to the wall before so like it would have been good to just like hey like you know let's get you out of here and let's not deal with you again yeah well that's the tough thing about <laughs> leading you know like he's leading all these people yeah. and they're like well like winter's coming and we're fighting this battle and your dad's dead like what do we you know it, it, it it's tough and i hated because i knew uh i did i'll admit i spoiled myself in the books on how his death was gonna happen but oh, like okay. just to, to see it visually was just so heartbreaking because the it's music like, Ooh, oh yeah the music still to this day Rains whenever i hear it it's oh yeah yeah Gets me the feels. So I was gonna say, it gets me a giant erection. <laughs> wow! Uh, you can find Vanit that. You know? <laughs> That's what I plug your social media. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see. What should we talk about next? How about uh, we're talking about like deaths? 
Um, there's tons of battles. There's tons of action scenes, ooh, sword fights. Ooh, yeah. What's your favorite battle slash scene uh, involving action in the show? Because it's it's pretty epic. This show. Yeah. Um, and again, it's I love this so show so much. Like it's hard to pick one. So I'm gonna name a couple others that I loved. Do you remember um, when Brienne and Jamie kind of fought? In the middle, they're on, like, this bridge. Yeah. And they're fighting. It's really epic, because it's, like, this is the Kingslayer. He's supposed to be the best swordsman in the entire, like, world. Um, and here's Brienne, who's, like, an unknown person. And Brienne's kind of kicking Jamie's ass. Yeah. It's kind of cool to watch her, like, just, like, own this guy. Um, yeah, and when she even makes a comment later, like, well, if I was at my best, I would have wanted... You know, which is true. He's been a prisoner for, like, a year or two. Sure, and he had his hands changed, so sure, sure. I'll yeah. give him that. That was a good <coughs> fight scene. Um, I think everyone loves like the Hound and, and Brienne. That's an amazing fight scene. For me, my favorite one, just because of like the stakes it had in it, and the, the way it ended was Jon Snow and the White Walker and Eastwatch. That was oh, an epic, epic fight. Okay. I think that 10 minutes... At Hard Home. At Hard Home. My bad, my bad. Hard Home. There we go. Um, at Hard Home. It was just an incredible sequence. Yeah. Uh, just all the build-up to all of that, to... Us thinking Jon Snow is possibly going to be dead. Like, I remember thinking, oh, this is it for Jon Snow. He, this is how he dies. Like, how can he come back from this? And then eventually coming back and getting him. And, like, that's when we find out that, like, um, Valyrian Steel also kills White Walkers. And it's yeah. just a dope, 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 dope sequence. To, like, see all the ice kind of, like, turn into little cubes and the White Walker die. That's easily my favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of epic sword fights. Um, even like one of the first ones with, uh, Jamie and Ned in the streets. Um, mm. uh, I think for one-on-one -on -one fight scene, uh, you brought it up. I, I may have to give it to, uh, Brienne and the Hound more so because that's where they were kind of that those storylines, they were kind of venturing off from the books. Like that's not kind of what happened in the books. So, I think what was so cool about those two characters coming together is it seemed like it was going to be an even fight, and I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm. Like, I had a feeling Arya would get away, but I didn't know, <laughs> is the Hound going to die? Is Brienne going to die? I was uh, so sure the Hound was going to win. It, was, it yeah. was a great flip for me. But yeah, you're right. It was very much like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But in my mind, I thought the Hound, because he beat Barrett and Darien, and yeah. Hound was always kind of low-key, like, really strong. So oh, yeah. He's a huge beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's up there. I mean, I love the... I have to mention, I love the Oberwin Mountain fight. Amazing. But I, the most heart-wrenching. Yeah, I almost picked that fight. for most heartbreaking death for Oberwin. Uh, oh, wait, that... Actually, yeah. That one's definitely, like, probably my number two after Khal Drogo. Yeah, so. mainly because they made you love that character in only eight episodes. And then <laughs> in the eighth one, just gets his head just bashed in. Absolutely. Also, like, I love Tyrion. Um, we'll talk more about Tyrion down the road, but, like, him, like, standing up for Tyrion yeah. when everyone else is pretty much, like, screw this little kid. Yeah, um, for like, sure. That was really cool to see from Oberyn. And then I was like, Oberyn's dying. Does this mean Tyrion's also gonna die? Yeah. Uh, just, like, the double whammy of that. For sure. More. I, yeah, I think that uh, as far as battle goes, uh, like an actual battle, I, I, I would have to give it to the Battle of the Bastards. Mm. I mean, I love uh, the Battle at Blackwater. I love when they're defending the uh, the wall from the wildlings. Like, those are both epic. But Battle of the Bastards, I think, 
was just so crazy. You could tell that like season six, this is when like their budget at the time had been the biggest <laughs> and it was just uh, great stakes because John, you know, had way less men and you didn't know what would happen. Like, sure, you knew they were probably going to win in some fashion, but you didn't know how. <laughs> Imagine if Ramsey Bolton's like there and like Sansa Johnson are all dead. And Ramsey Bolton's still around and he's dead of winter. <laughs> Yeah, but I think they had crazy moments. Like, there's the epic shot where John got lured out in the idiot, uh, like an idiot, to try to save Rickon. Such an idiot. Where yeah, he's <laughs> such an idiot. Sansa literally said, "Don't fall for his trap," and he fell for his trap. But uh, they're all charging at him, and he just takes out his sword and primes to ready. Like he's gonna fucking fight all of them. He's Still, just like it's such an incredible scene to watch, though. Like just... yeah. Just everything about that scene was awesome. Yeah, so Battle of the Bastards, so epic. Probably that sequence is better than most movie action sequences. Because there's so many sequences now that are just filled with CGI and explosions. Mm. And like this one was just brutal. Like when he almost gets buried alive under the the bodies. Because like oh. the, the bodies were stacking up to where he was just like... Ugh. Like he couldn't fucking <laughs> breathe and... That is insane to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite like battle. Um, but yeah, so there's obviously tons of action scenes, but maybe something that doesn't involve action at all. Do you have in all the seven seasons like a favorite scene? Yes, uh, I have one favorite scene, uh, and it goes with Jamie because I think Jamie is one of my favorite characters in the show, and like. It's interesting to see him in the beginning, like, I remember how much I hated him when he threw away Bran. When, oh, yeah. When he pushed Bran off, uh, and then he was just really mean to Brienne over the next couple of, like, seasons, and uh, just seemed like a giant jerk. But then slowly, things started to change. Like, he helped her out uh, when, like, the people who captured them, like, a few of those men were trying to, like, rape Brienne. I remember he, like, lied to those people to get them to not rape her. Uh, he, like, warned her about, like, possibly being raped, and... Just, like, you start to see him getting a bit better and better, and in my mind. And then just that scene in the bath, where it's... That was gonna be that mine! That was gonna be yours! Oh, <laughs> we can both love how amazing that scene is, because it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's so beautiful. Yeah. Everything about it, it has lows, highs, it has an amazing end, like... And it has, like, it has a point to it, too, where Jamie Lannister is talking about everyone... Everyone's known him as Kingslayer yeah. throughout this, and he actually... Oathbreaker. Oathbreaker, and, like, they're like, oh, who's this guy? But, like, all he's ever wanted to do while growing up is just protect the king and kind of, like, fight and, and just, like, have some sort of glory. Fuck and... his sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, everyone. What? <laughs> uh, <God>. And uh, <laughs> uh, you can follow me. At, uh, <laughs> and just, like, hearing more about kind of what happened with the Mad King and how Jamie should have been a hero. Yeah. He saved millions of people from dying. Like, let's say that's how, how big King's Landing is. They're saying there's a million people there. He saved those million people yeah. from dying. And he killed um, the 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 guy who was going to set away the fire. Pyromancer. The pyromancer. Hey, nice. Look at you. <laughs> uh, and he Love killed the show, the man. Mad I'm a nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he killed the Mad King. And then he has this, he says this thing where it's like, 
how does the wolf judge have the right to judge the lion? Yeah. Where it's like, Brienne asked him, like, why didn't you just tell Ned about, like, what he was going to do and that you were actually trying to save him? Yeah. He's, He's like, like he judged me the moment he saw me. Exactly. And, and then... Sorry, and then I just want to do the 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 final part of this of the scene is just so incredible where he's like, he falls and Brienne like kind of catches him and she's like, "Come quick, Kingslayer, Kingslayer, he's hurt or whatever." Yeah, and he's like, "It's Jamie, it's Jamie Lannister." And it's just yeah, such he's an like, "My am- name is Jamie." Yeah. yeah, it's just such an amazing yeah end to that scene. Uh, I echo everything you've been saying. Like that, I think the scene is like pretty much perfect. There's one tiny tiny detail that bugs me a little which is like his little kind of cast hand thing popping out of the water in some shots <laughs> it's a little distracting it looks a little goofy right. but then then they give him the close-up but yeah when he goes through the whole scene talking about um like you said the, the, they were gonna kill millions and also the fact that he said he's like the king ordered me to bring him my father's head Mm. it's like he literally the king said go kill your dad because he betrayed me and and what's funny is like after i saw that scene when i rewatched it there's a scene where uh where jamie's talking to catelyn when he's captured and she's like you uh, you have not obeyed any vows or whatever he's like so many vows you know he literally says uh obey your king obey your father you know but what if your father wants you to kill the king and what if your father the king wants you to to hurt the innocent uh, he's like so many so many vows and what's funny is in that moment you think he's just being like a manipulative like kind of sarcastic like just dick but then that moment is so much better because of this reveal in this scene where he literally tells Brienne, like, what would you have done? Yeah. What would you have done in the, if the, if he's like, if Renly, you know, cause she loved Renly. Uh, and like, that's where we are introduced to her. She wanted to be on his, uh, Kingsguard is he's like, what if Renly said, bring me your father's head? Would you have done it? Brienne totally would have. <laughs> it's like no questions asked. Whatever you want, right? <laughs> but like seriously, but yeah, that's a great point. Like, uh, like we said, what, what, what would, what would I have done? And she's like, why didn't you tell Ned if this is true? And he's just like, because he judged me the moment he saw me. Yeah. And uh, it, what's so funny is like, there's numerous times where like Ned or other people go like, oh, when you stabbed the king in the back, he's like, if I stabbed him in the belly, would you honor? Would you, would you find me more honorable? Yeah. Like it, it's because he stabbed him in the back and like killed his king that everyone thinks he's just this crazy. Uh, just backstabbing literal backstabbing terrible person right when he's a hero and like that is a scene and, like you said they started the show right off the bat like oh he's a villain mm-hmm. right off the bat he pushes a child out of a window because they saw they the kid saw him having sex with his sister and like, oh clearly him and cersei they're the villains yep clearly right off the bat and then when he has the fight with ned uh in the streets and uh then he's battling rob it's like clearly he's a villain like and then this scene completely flips it on his head and now everyone is looking at him completely differently like oh this is a wonderful world that george r R. martin created where there is no clear good and clear evil like sure there are people like ramsey bolton that's just a psycho or 
like sure we're supposed to root for the Starks because they're just great, mm-hmm. but it's it's not so black and white. It is there is a lot of gray, and I think that scene was just wonderfully done because that whole season. Jamie's season three is like, probably why season three is one of my favorites is because like you said he's protecting Brienne and then he goes back for her when she's in the bear pit another great scene and like he forms his bond with her it just yeah and I love Nicolay Coaster Waldo who plays him I, I never understood why he didn't get best supporting actor that year for like Emmy like he wasn't even nominated for stuff I was like that scene it's alone his name is too hard to pronounce like, no one's gonna want to do this so like, the spell check was confused <laughs> They don't want to give well, him awards. Peter Dinklage is easier. <laughs> <laughs> Kit Harrington, we can say that. <laughs> Nikolai Coaster Waldo, we don't. Two want to say. two things I want to add to that. One of the things you said about like stabbing someone in the back. Um, there's this like scene of Bran going back to this like epic fight that Howland Reed and Ned Stark have. And it's like, wait, in like yep, war at the Tower of Joy. At the Tower of Joy, dude. Thank you're like a Wikipedia. Okay, that's, uh, that's perfect, yeah. uh, and um just you see you see them doing things that aren't like honorable. Yeah. You see Howland Reed, I think, stab someone in the back or Yeah, Howland Reed stabs Sir Arthur Dane in the back there we go. to save Ned. To ne- save Ned, yeah. And he's like, Father always told me stories that like he beat Sir Arthur Dane. Yep. It's like, no, he did, but he survived Sir Arthur Dane. Right. And just like no one's calling Howland Reed like a person who stabs someone in the back, you know, because like stuff happens in a war. In this case, uh, like the Mad King was running away from Jamie. Like, what's Jamie gonna do? Like, try to like outpace him? Be like, let me get in front of you. <laughs> let me get in front and of the, you because otherwise this will this haunt me the rest yeah, of my yeah, life. Seriously, no. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think Jamie can take the Mad King, of course he can. Yeah. He just wanted to get rid of that. Yeah. And then the second thing is this is this is something that I thought was so interesting because it's something that like I feel like is relatable to our world where it's like we have these different things that we. Are part of I think do you know what dharma is? Tar- no. Dharma. Dharma is like this the right set of things to do in a certain situation. Like your dharma as a stand-up comedian is to think of jokes, go on stage and tell them, and live a full enough life so that you can actually like write about write interesting jokes. That's like your dharma. That's what you're supposed to do. But your dharma as a son might be to like call your mother every once in a while. And like what Jamie Lannister is talking about, where it's like he, he had these certain vows that he had to say to the king, these certain vows uh, that he had to the people, this dharma that he had to his like dad, um, and just kind of talking about how some of them can be like clashing with each other, and how do you deal with that? It was such an interesting point to bring up because like I uh, I have my dharma as as a as a person who's like you know with my family, and that can sometimes clash with with what I want to do with stand up, so. That was really cool for me to see. Yeah, it it just really made you look at a character completely differently. Because, um, like, sure, there are some shows where they start off someone who's good and then they kind of go downhill. But, like, I feel like you don't see it as often when, like, a villain character, they completely flip your point of view of him in, like, one scene. Right. And, like, it was a progression, but, like, that scene was just like, well, wh- how could you hate him now? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you don't agree with the thing that he wants to be in, re- like, a relationship with his sister. But he saved millions because he knew it was the right thing to do. And he didn't want millions of people to die. Right. So, Plus yeah. he, I was going to say, plus he got to have sex with Cersei Lannister. Who <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God. All right. Well, let's move <laughs> on from that. Um, so we talked about heartbreaking deaths, um, favorite scenes, which obviously it's... Uh, oh, so since we both had the same one, was there another one that was in contention for favorite scene? Ooh, um, there's this... Hmm... This this scene for some reason kind of stuck with me. I and I can't even like remember it that well right now. But when um, Robert Baratheon and Cersei Lannister are just kind of like sitting in a room, are you serious? Is yes. that gonna be your side? Whoa! I think I told you about this one one no, time when we didn't. were talking. What? Well, what? When we went out for Indian food. This is all a lie. I literally, <laughs> I literally said how oh, that's one of my favorite scenes. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh my god. Well, go ahead and tell it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, pick, I, I, I I'll pick another one. I literally don't remember it that well, but I remember just being like, I thought it was really. I thought there were some like hu- humorous moments in it. There was a time where I like remember legitimately laughing out loud. Um, but yeah, tell me why you like that scene. Okay, so that scene, yeah, he's talking about. I think it's around episode five six ish of season one uh probably like four or five when uh robert uh is sitting there drinking and obviously look completely depressed and like cersei comes in and they're talking and like they cover so many topics in like a five six minute mm, scene yeah. it's a it seems like a short scene but they cover so much ground um he pretty much talks about how like the dothraki are coming and she's like well we'll we'll throw them into the sea or whatever. And she's acting like they're, it's no big deal. And he's like, no, like they have a, they have one purpose is to like take care of, a, like to, to take us out, to take the throne. Uh, if we hide in our castles, they will just simply uh, rape and burn all the villages and to get us to come out of the castle. Like they're, they're strong warriors. Like we're going to get our asses handed to us. Um, but then they end up kind of talking about their marriage and she's like, yeah, the, the thing that made us survive all these years, our marriage. And they they kind of laugh. That's the thing that made me laugh. You tell that both these depressed people are like, they're like alcoholics now. They're just down in that wine. And she kind of says, um, she asks about Lyanna Stark, Mm. which is Ned's sister that Robert was supposed to marry that he was in love with. And he's like, you've never asked about her. Like, not once. Like, in, in, like, 20 years, like, you've never asked about her. Because uh, she li- literally said, like, what was she like or whatever. And he's like, what do you, what? And he's like, she was the one thing I ever wanted. Um, and, like, the seven kingdoms that I conquered couldn't, couldn't fill the hole she left behind. <sighs> <laughs> She was like 14, man. It's not like you guys had no, like... No, she this. wasn't. Yeah, she was like 14, 15 when no. this happened. Oh, in the books or the show? In the books and the show. Well, but also when he was uh, rebelling, also, he, he was even, like he was like 20. Even, but she didn't even love him. Well, like, yeah. He was with Rhaegar. Like, why are you so obsessed with this girl who like clearly didn't even love you, Robert? Like, well, okay. But like <laughs> as for show people who maybe don't know as much about this, like, yeah, in the books they talk about, like, sure, he loved her and she really didn't love him back but they were betrothed to each other and they they probably grew up near each other and uh like he cared for her um but also i think he was only supposed to be like eighteen twenty when he like rebelled mm-hmm. so like he was not like 40 and she was 15 like they were close to true, age true, at least. True, so true. let's not make him let's not let's not bash the king too much <laughs> <laughs> but no and then even in the scene she's like you know I did love you once. Like, did we, and she's like, did you ever, did we ever, ever have a chance, even for a moment? Mm-hmm. 
And he says, no. And he's like, does that make you feel better or worse? And she's like, it doesn't make me feel anything at all. And I think that was the moment, because like, it's only like an episode or two later that like she kind of has Lancel give him a lot of wine, and then he's drunk when he's hunting and then gets killed by the boar. I think like that was in the show's eye, like that moment when she was just like, done with this this guy but like that scene they cover so much in only five minutes and i think it's forgotten about because so much intense stuff happens and action happens and i think a lot of people forget about robert because they were more upset when ned died robert was great i love robert robert would be the kind of king that i would want to be like i could see myself being. i mean he was a drunk terrible king exactly (laughs) (laughs) no but he's like what i imagine like most people eventually given that much power like having like pretty much reach the pinnacle of life like that's what they end up doing after a lot of times they're just like i'm just gonna drink and like pass my time and like (laughs) try to have like a good laugh and yeah he he had a lot of that and that scene ended with like a thing about like him saying about her asking like do you still like think about her lana and he's like you know what the worst thing is i don't even know what remember what she looks like yes that's another moment he's like i can't remember what she looks like yeah and it's weird because, like, wasn't he in the Winterfell crypts, like, five episodes ago? It's like, he, <laughs> he could have, like, you know, remembered. Look like, at that stone, Robert. <laughs> you clearly remember off that stone. Uh, Did they do any uh, stone selfies back then? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we talked about that scene. It was uh, I, I kind of took over. I mean, is there another scene you wanted to talk about? Or more you think. wanted to talk about with that one? Uh, I think, honestly... Honestly, I, I'm good with those two. Um, do you have any other ones? I think the only other one that is coming to mind is the scene where Oberwin agrees to be the champion in the trial by combat for Tyrion. Mm. Which, like, this is actually, I'll admit, uh, so I love the podcast uh, Storm of Spoilers and A Cast of Kings. Uh, there's this one host, Joanna Robinson, who's on both those. I love... Uh, I enjoyed that scene, but then there's this one episode she talked about like how great it was, and then I rewatched it and I got all this appreciation for it. He pretty much tells the story about like he's like I'll never forget like you know we met once before Tyrion, and he's just like what when he's like you were a baby, and mm-hmm. Cersei talked about come see the monster. He killed my mother. Come see this monster, and so we were all all the kids were excited. Let's see this monster. He's like. You were just a baby. You, your head was a little big. You know, you, you you looked a little. You know, just you were a baby though. You were normal. You were right. not a beast. Right. And she said, "No, this is the monster that killed my mother." And he even says, <laughs> he even says like, yeah. and then she grabbed at your your dick and was like ripping at it. What and, a weird thing to do. Right? I think Cersei's like five years old. Right? Point. What like, a strange and then, thing. And then he was like, yeah, but then your brother talked about it. And like, that was like, that's a definition of their relationship. Like, Cersei's mad at Tyrion, and then like, Jamie's always like, getting her to be like, come on, you know. Yeah. Um, but like, he goes through this whole thing, and he tells this story, and it's pretty much like him kind of saying in a little way, like, this is wrong. Uh, I think that I think he knew that the trial was a, just a big joke because Cersei kind of put all of her pieces uh, to make it seem like Tyrion was totally guilty, mm. and he's just like, 
I will be your champion. And it was just like, yeah, and then Tyrion like almost cries because like he like he, he no one else would do it. Right. Not his brother, not Bronn. Like so, he had no one. And for Oberwin, this guy that doesn't even know him, he's just like, yeah, I'll be your champion. And it was just like, fuck, good guy, you know? Oberyn. <laughs> like them. Yeah. I, the only other scene that comes to mind for me, um, apart from that, is um, the finale of season one. The the last scene where Danny goes into this like goes into the burning fire and uh comes out with the three dragons yeah that that scene was so amazing for me because we finished with like all this like sadness with ned stark dying and things being bad and just like having those dragons come and like again being really sad about danny i thought she was gonna die i thought that was the end for danny and instead seeing her come out with those three dragons that was that was awesome yeah i think that I think that, and also revealing those dragons, because sure, we had seen the cold open with White Walkers, but... Weirdest cold open ever for me. I remember when I initially watched it, I was like, I am a... This, this show is weird. Did and I not tell you? I almost literally... turned it off. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend literally had to be like, just like, get over this, and then we'll let's keep watching it. And I was like, okay, fine. But even today, whenever I watch that cold open, I'm like, what is this? This is weird. Even though I love Game of Thrones. Yeah. I fast forward through that cold open. Yeah, the cold open, if no one remembers, it's just some some people the Night's Watch are going north and they find some bodies and some weird things and White Walkers kill them. Like, that's it. It's crazy and um, that I was literally watching it and I was like, ugh. Is this like a zombie medieval show? Yeah. I don't want to watch this. I almost turned it off. I was like, I'll watch the pilot. Then Bran got pushed out the window. I was like, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. You're killing (laughs) zombies I'm not okay with. Punishing children? Fine. Punishing children for snooping on people having sex? Too much. We're all in. Uh (laughs) I have this take on Danny. I want to hear your opinion on it. Um... I think George R. R. Martin makes Danny go through all these different men, which like I feel like a lot of men and women have gone through those that same type archetype of person for. Like the first person Danny's with called Drogo, he's kinda like a jock. He's kinda like <laughs> kinda like an athletic jock. And like he's every every guy or girl, whatever. Start off dating that idiot jock. Then in season two she goes to Koth and she's like attracted or uh, the, the guy who's incredibly rich. What's his name? Uh, it's, it's, he even says, like, this is a long name and you'll probably <laughs> mispronounce it. Right, so that guy. So the second is, like, a really wealthy person. Um, third is, like, Dario, where it's, like, he's just, like, slick and, like, witty. <laughs> and she always has Jorah, <coughs> someone who's in the friend zone at all times. <laughs> it's her friend zone. And then it ends with Jon Snow, who is um, her nephew, which I feel like we all... At one point, date our nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can find Vanit at... <laughs> no, I... What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, that's interesting to say. I think there's a lot of... I think a lot of the characters on the show, there's these other characters that they're paired with that come and go. Um, so, like, I, I, I think... I see what you're saying, um, that there are these people that come and they, like, teach these characters lessons. Like, you know, Arya in the beginning is with her dad and she's in the capital and then in season two she's on the run as far as like she's with Yorin and the Night's Watch very briefly and then she's with 
learning from Tywin a little bit. Mm. And then those se- Tywin Arya scenes yeah. are incredible. <clears throat> season three, she's with the Brotherhood for a little bit, and then she's with the Hound for season three and season four. And then five and six, she's learning uh, from Jack and Agar with the uh, at the House of Black and White. Um, what's it? What's it called? The Faceless Men. The Faceless Men. And now you're the Wikipedia. <laughs> the Faceless Men. And then like season seven, she's kind of she's on her own for a little bit before she reunites with family. But like she went on this long journey of going through these different stages of being with these different groups of people. And I think that that's what's so cool about how George R. R. Martin in the books and like they sort of took it to the show, which is you follow these characters and all these different journeys across the map. Yeah. John's up at the wall. Uh, you know, uh, people are down in the capital. People are in the north. People are in Essos. Like that, they're all over. And I think, yeah, I could agree that Danny has gone through this journey with all these different people coming in and out of her life that has brought her to where she is in season seven. Uh, now, well, going into season eight. Mm. But so we talked about some of our favorite scenes. Uh, I think we should go over what's our uh, what's your favorite character. You can only pick one. Oh, this it's is tough. Tough, yeah. Some honorable mentions that come to mind are Jamie Lannister, Jon Snow. Um, I loved Oberyn, but I think I think it has to go easily. The, my favorite character is um, the Night King. He's just you know he's just <laughs> got a lot of people behind him. He's oh just, my god, he's doing really good All stuff. Right. He's really witty. You should see some of his. <laughs> He's cool to hang out with at bars. I would want to go to a bar with the Night King. No, uh, my number one favorite character is Tyrion Lannister. Okay. I think for the first three, maybe four seasons, he's easily my favorite character. Over the last two or three, it's been a bit hit or miss, but I don't think I liked anyone for as long as a period of time as I did Tyrion between like season one to four. So I picked Tyrion Lannister. And just, again, he's... The broken thing, or as he as he likes to call them himself, that like, and he like he has this scene with Jon Snow in, in the pilot where it's like you know where you're a bastard, where that is like your armor, like yeah, uh, you need to remember that because no one else will ever like forget about that. So yeah, wear it with pride, and that's such a cool thing coming from Tyrion. And um, yeah, I I have a soft spot for cripples, bastards, and broken broken things. things. There we go. That's the line. Yeah. Uh, and then just like he's he's always really kind of tr- like he could have easily run away in season two and just be like I'm done with this I'm just gonna go with Shay and we're just gonna like drink wine and like do stuff but he stays because he figured out really that he can help people in a way like he did uh, during the Battle of Blackwater if it wasn't for him I think they would have lost because yeah. they held back uh, Stannis's men. Uh, until Tywin could come in with uh, with the Tyrells. Yeah, and Tywin gets all the glory. Of course, of course. And Tyrion gets a broken nose and uh, a broken face and almost gets killed. But, yeah, just kind of how easy it could have been for him to just peace and he never did. And he just continued. And in the later seasons, he's kind of drinking his way through it. But in the beginning seasons, it's just like, no, I really want yeah. to help these people. And I found something that I'm good at. And that's that's something that I feel like, you know, whenever whenever I found that or whenever I like have been close to finding that, that just felt so good. So I totally relate with Tyrion on Definitely. that. Yeah, I mean it's it's so easy to put him towards the top too. I mean But he, the Night King is really my number oh one. Oh my god. Okay. 
<laughs> but no, yeah, Tyrion, Peter, played by Peter Dinklage. Like, there's a reason why he's gotten awards. As uh, he said, the stuff seasons one through four is definitely his best stuff. Kind of goes downhill. It kind of you know he's not as prominent as some other characters, as like Jon Snow or Danny or other things. But my favorite character, I'll, I'll have to say, is not necessarily a main character. I'm really afraid for him going to next season. I think he may die. Jorah Mormont. Oh my god, what? 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 Jorah Mormont? What? What's wrong with Jorah? What? Jorah Mormont friendzone? Mr. Friendzone? What's wrong with What's wrong with As Jorah? your favorite character? There's hundreds of characters in Game of Thrones. You think Jorah Mormont? What is, what is wrong with that? Jorah Mormont is the creepiest guy out there. He, okay, what's... Okay, let, let me let me think about this with an open heart. Tell me what you like about Jorah Mormont. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Your favorite? Uh, wow. Are you Stark? Oh my god. Alright, go, go, go. Wow. I'll okay. let you I'll let you go. I don't know. Where can I go from here? I just got blasted for fucking liking Jorah. Uh He's I, like a forty year old when he's in love with Danny who's like a fifteen year old. He's a creep, man. Okay. Let's be honest. I'm not talking about that portion of him, but like That's a huge portion of him. <laughs> Apart, set aside the pedophilia. He's a great guy. It's okay. Okay. Saying. All right. Okay. I'm not saying I want to be Jorah. Okay. Why do you like Jorah? Okay. What I like about Jorah is uh, I think he, um, you know, over the course of season one, kind of makes his decision that he wants to to serve Danny. And sure, there's the whole aspect that you know he loves her, but I. I think he is uh, a character who's wise. I think he's he's an incredible warrior. Like he, like, took down one of the uh, Dothraki that fought him. You know, he was in the fighting pits, uh, but like he figured out what he wanted to do, and he did not let so many odds against him stop him. Kind of like you said, like Tyrion could have easily walked away. He didn't have to serve Danny, but like especially when she banishes him in season four, he could have easily just said like, "All right, well, I'm gonna," you know. She said, "Collect your pardon, like go back to Westeros." He probably could have, or just done whatever he wanted. He could have drank. He could have done anything. But no, he's like, "I'm gonna go into fighting pits to try to get back to her." And then like he kidnaps, uh, well, he kidnaps Tyrion. Then they get put into the fighting pits. Uh, uh, but he fights his way. And then she literally banishes him again, and he's just like, no, like, I, I, I'm here, like, I, I have your best intentions, uh, like, as far as, like, helping you take over the Seven Kingdoms. And um, finally she sees, like, oh, sure, he betrayed me years ago, but, like, he's here for me now, and, like, there are other people who say they're here for her and haven't been. Um, I think he's, he literally wears his heart on his sleeve. I think, uh, then it was kind of like, oh shit, what's going to happen with the grayscale? I thought that could have been it for him. Um, but I think that Jorah is just, I don't know. I, I, I love the actor Ian Glenn. Can I, can I say the three major takeaways I got from you about Jorah is that he kidnaps people. He doesn't okay. take no, All right. does not take no for an answer. And he clearly betrayed someone. Also, he has this whole creepy thing about like how Danny reminds him of, of his ex-wife. Wait, he never said that. It's in the books. Okay. 
Um, and that's, like, one of the reasons why he's into her. And, like, in the books, he's, like, a fat... He's, like, a bit fatter. He's, like, fully bald. He's kind of, like... He's, like, a creepy old man. And, like... Well, Ian Glenn is not... Ian Glenn is not a creepy old man, <laughs> sure. But... <laughs> I can't believe Jorah Mormont's your number one. I, I've told you <laughs> I love Jorah before. Oh, my God. But number one. Wow. I mean, it's hard to pick. There's characters... Like, you know, I loved <laughs> Oberwin. I loved Rob. I loved Ned. Uh, obviously, I love Tyrion too, Jamie Lannister. But like, okay, look, if I would have said Jamie Lannister, you'd be like, oh, the dude who fucks his sister. Like, almost <laughs> every character has done something shitty on this show. No, but J- what? Okay, okay, Tyrion wait, killed wait. his dad J- and strangled his ex girlfriend. <laughs> but Jorah, what? I don't. I, I just. I just never. All the bad. All the bad stuff that Jamie's done, all the bad stuff that Tyrion's done. I feel like they've like redeemed themselves with some amazing stuff, with some amazing lines. With a lot of great things that are good. All Jorah has, literally all he has, and this could be thought of as a bad thing, all he has is he's persevering. And that's creepy. That's even oh creepier. Oh my god. All the bad shit that he has, on top of that, the only good You're thing never he coming has... on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I like disagreeing with you. And, um, it's, like, it's, it's, it's fun for me, and I totally respect your opinion. But uh, I don't respect you as a human anymore. But. Okay. Like I said, I didn't say I wanted to be Chora. Okay. But, like, to be fair, like, he was not, like, whenever he has, you know, had feelings for Danny, has he ever pursued them in any way? Yeah. When? Like, he never said, I want to kiss you, but, like, it's Danny knows that he loves him. Okay, but look at fucking Dario. Yeah, Dario sneaks into her room and like a couple times while she's bathing once with a couple of. Uh, but but see, he knew that she also. Okay, I'm not saying that's good. I'm not. Thinking, <laughs> I'm not thinking Dario is number raped one. Her. Again, call Drogo bad. Um, but, <laughs> but what Jorah did is almost worse. Maybe it's because it's like it's just so creepy to me to like think about what he does, where it's like. You're totally gonna cut off this entire section. The podcast. <laughs> podcast is gonna be five minutes long. Just to me saying really like weird stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna only edit together all the stupid shit. <laughs> that you that say. I said, yeah. Uh, okay, fine. I can let I can let Joran Mormon go. But like even before, like the reason he got like thrown away from Westeros and like thrown away from like the Mormon family is because like he sold slaves. And why? Why? Because he wanted to keep his wife happy? What? I'm what? Not saying, I'm not saying that's good. And that's just before the show. But he's like a 30-year-old man at that point, and he's doing that. But but he has not done that since the show started. But he also sold Daenerys to, like, um, Viserys. No, he didn't. Uh, no, to Varys, I'm sorry. He sold no, he Daenerys didn't sell- to Varys um, in order to get a pardon. No, That's he, very he, selfish. He gave secrets... Yeah, to get a pardon. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't for the better of, like, you know, like, the realm. Eventually, he, he got to the point where it's like, I support Daenerys because, you know, she's better for the realm. But, like, a part of me is just like, nah, man, you really just want to fuck her. A part of me is just really like, you're just waiting until she's like, all right, Jorah, come on in. And that's why you're around her. That's why you're fighting through grayscale. That's why you're doing all this. Wow. No, I, 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 I don't agree with that. I sure, I think he does love her. Um, but, like, there's even a moment when, like, he's in season seven, he's leaving for, uh, to go beyond the wall. 
and like he just like takes her hands and just like kisses her on the hand. Yeah, like I think he knows like this is like this is this is where we're at. You know, I I don't. But then th- why doesn't he stop loving her? What do it's you mean? It's been seven seasons, homie. Like she's never made a move on you. Like it's it's time. <laughs> but to he move hasn't on. made a move on her. But he's thought it and he's felt it and like everyone else around them knows. Like people, random people are like, "How long has Jorah Mormont been with <laughs> Daenerys?" Like people like who don't even know them, who see them around, they're like, "How long has this guy been in love with you, man?" I don't know. I think that ish, my issue is it reminds me a lot of what I used to be like in like high school. The truth comes out. Goes out. I used to be Beneath. Jorah Light uh, a bit. Jorah Light. I, I feel like that's why this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's why this hurts me more. No, I uh, I think it's because sure everyone can tell he loves her, but I think that I think at some point in the uh, around you know some point in time I think he accepted. That it's not going to be that. I think he just loves her as a person. And he wants to serve her. And like... Because he does know that she should rule. And I think... Like... I don't think he's going to just, you know... Come on to her at any point. I think he respects her. The only way Jorah redeems himself is if he like throws some. He tries like hitting on like Misande or something. Where he's just like... Where he clearly has moved forward. And is going to like different women... Who are in the show. And then I'll be like, okay, man, cool. But All if right. Jorah Mormont dies in the first episode, like, literally not a single percent of me will be like, oh, I'm sad Jorah's gone. Will you cry if Jorah dies? I don't know if I'll cry. Have but you I'll cried be, I'll be really watching upset. the show at all? This show? I don't know. I think it's tough. I think it's hard because a lot of the deaths uh, I'd heard about from the books. Mm. Oh, that's crappy. It's shitty. So, it's totally I, I, I think... I was extremely shocked by the way the Marjorie death happened. Yeah. Because that was fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and then Tommen right after that, too. Was yeah. crazy. But yeah. All right. We'll change all this. My favorite character is Tormund Giantspain. <laughs> oh, love this in Tormund. in on Tormund. He is Whatever. clear to Brienne that I like you. <laughs> even, though, even though she doesn't like him, at least he's not, not hiding it. He's not in love with her. Oh my god. What are you talking about? Him. When they're walking beyond the wall, he told the hound, he's like, I want to have her babies. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and they'll be great beasts that rule the world. <laughs> See, at least he's speaking it. Like, Jorah's, like, you know, inside some, like, ditching it, like, bathroom. Just, like, jerking it off thinking about Daenerys. Wow. <laughs> so much worse. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Uh, you're, you're tainting Jorah for me. I'm sorry. I love this character. I'm sorry. I think um, we can't end on me. Was no, we're not ending on this at all. Keep going. We gotta, yeah. we gotta go to. All right, uh, all that aside. <laughs> oh my goodness! Brandon called me his best friend. Just starting this podcast. Yeah, are we friends in this? Podcast? I mean, you know, he's one of the many comics I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, I think it's pretty obvious that there's a few contenders. But when it comes to final season, mm. all, there's the battle with the you know the White Walkers coming, the Long Night, the Great War. Who should at the end of the day be king or queen? I think what's gonna happen, and this is okay. So I have a couple of thoughts. So one of the things that I've thought about, I love your take on it, is I think the reason. The entire reason that the that the knights, um, that the White Walkers and the entire army are coming south is to get Gilly's son. 
I swear to God. Okay, let's 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 listen through this. Um, I think that's the only reason they're coming. Cause before that, before Sam takes Gilly, they're kind of around and they're killing like crows and stuff and they're killing people. But that's a lot of the whites killing them. It's not no White Walker did we see in season one or two kill anyone. Okay. Or, except the opening scene. Did, it, did any White Walkers kill someone? Uh, I think that one of them was supposed to be a White Walker. Whatever. So, like, there's this... The season two ends with, like, Sam Tarley just, like, sitting behind a rock. And, like, there's a White Walker right next to him. And the White Walker doesn't do shit. Interesting. But then, when, like, Sam and Gilly are together, then... Do you remember that scene where Sam kills that White Walker? Of course. Yeah, it's this great scene. It's because he's come to get the baby. That was promised to him. And I think the whole... My point with all this is the whole thing's going to be Bran and the Night King talking and being like, the Night King's just like, give me the baby and we'll leave. And then the decision that they have to make... And this they is play of, chess. <laughs> <laughs> They're just playing checkers while we're talking about this? No, no. They, they play chess. And it's a badass set. <laughs> uh, but... I think it'd be, like, a great, like, kind of, like, metaphor for the whole, like, what Game of Thrones stands for, where it's, like, give us the baby, and you'll all be fine. And everyone's, and Jon Snow will be, like, no. The whole point of this is we don't, we won't sacrifice a child, an innocent child for less people dying. That's why we're fighting about this. It's for that innocent child. And that, wh- what do you think about this? Crackhead theory that I just I, I think, I think you're reaching a little. I, okay. I think... I I think they've been gathering people and they uh, I think they just want to fucking take over. I don't know why. why. Well, why, who knows? Why did it take like so long? Well, it's like I think 8, it's because they had to build up the budget, the special effects <laughs> behind the scenes before they could do this battle. No, I, I think it's it's hard to say. What, like, what's so, the purpose of the White Walkers? You think? Like, who knows? What's your guess? I mean, you had that weird flashback stuff in season six where uh, Bran is with the Three-Eyed Raven and watches this old flashback that it was like a, a dude that gets stabbed yep. in the heart with a dragon glass and like that turned him and he's the Night King. Yep. But what does that mean? Like, uh, I don't, I don't. So know. like, Leaf had created that as a way to fight against the men because the men were like kind of like being shitty to the children mm-hmm. of the forest. Right, yeah. so like the men aren't like these innocent people who have nothing, no blame. So yeah, them. are the humans just all the villains, and, and the Night King's the protagonist <laughs> <laughs> that we've never heard do anything? <laughs> It'd be funny if the Night King was like funny, like he like comes in with some jokes, like Robert Baratheon, just like laughing. And stuff. I would love if he had like just a weird accent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I It's hard to say. Because honestly... He has like a voice like Mike Tyson. <laughs> like, that would be perfect. I'm, I'm the Night King. <laughs> what? what? It's not intimidating at all. I'm not frightened. Uh, no, I... Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I know it's a huge part of the show. But the White Walkers has always been something that's least interesting to me. Interesting. I, I, I think that everything else has been fascinating to me. I love the... Because it's like a political drama. And it's like war. And it's uh, alliances and betrayal. Like, that's all the stuff I love. I the, love that stuff, too. The, like, sure, the hard home scene, crazy intense. But honestly, it's because they're not people. Like, they're just like these like zombie-type things 
that I, it, it doesn't really do anything for me. I don't like honestly. What I would love is this, so season eight is supposed to be six episodes. And okay. I bet they're most of them are supposed to be long. It's probably going to be spoiler. No, I'm just kidding. Um, right. Well, no, I mean season seven was only seven episodes, and some of them were like an hour and a half. Some of them were just a legitimate movie. <laughs> yeah. But I would love if they do this big huge battle in like the first two to three episodes. And then we get like three or four episodes of the aftermath. Interesting, yeah. Of like, okay, that threat like demolished all the shit and like completely changed everything. Now what? Mm. Now we realize that is the throne that important? Is, you know, are all these petty differences, you know, like, I don't know. And I, then I'm... it just flashes to like democracy and like, <laughs> a picture of like Donald Trump. And it's like, no, this is the real White Walker no. we should have been worried about. But seriously, that. what I, I, I am more fascinated. I'm totally with you. And I think everything else. I think what's going to happen is like the fifth episode, they'll end it with the White Walkers and the sixth episode will be like the aftermath or maybe like halfway through the sixth episode, they'll end it. I don't, I would want it the way you're talking about, but what I think is going to happen is they're going to stretch this out and like make it one of the last things that the White Walkers are dead. But I think the White Walkers are really interesting. And I think there's going to be... Well, because you don't know. Because we don't know. And, like, every other character in this, like, in this... That's the cool thing about Game of Thrones, right? Like, there's a bit of gray in every character. Is there a bit of gray in the White Walkers? Maybe? They've been shown as these people who are, like, no, obviously bad. But if we look at their history, like, Leaf is the one that created them. Are they all bad? What are they doing? Maybe they're just going... There was this pact that was created 8,000 years ago. Maybe they're just going to get this... Because the pact was broken by, by Sam... Because uh, they took the because uh, they took Gilly's kid. Maybe that's all it is. And then who's wrong there? Is Sam the one who's wrong? I don't know. It's... <laughs> no, the Night Walk, the, the White Walkers are definitely wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is, are they going to try to do something to make us? Are they going to have a Jamie Lannister moment where they're going to try to convince us that there's a good reason they're doing what they're doing? Right. Or is it just I... they're straight up evil? Because that's why it was hard to really care. Like, sure, Battle of the Bastards, it was fun to see John take down Ramsay, but no one was rooting no, for Ramsay. Exactly, besides exactly. people sarcastically. Like, no one, no one's rooting for Cersei. For you sure. Know, like, uh, but... Who was also one of my top favorite characters. Even though she's bad, I just love a lot of stuff about her. Way better than Jorah Mormont. As like All a right. But anyway, but like, so here, so for example, there's a scene, uh, the battle scene in season seven, uh, which like they call it like the loot train sequence, which is like really dumb. I I think it should be called something more badass, like the field of fire. <laughs> um, I think someone said that was a term from the books. Uh, it's when Jamie and Bronn were being attacked by Danny with mm. the dragons and the Dothraki, and uh, that was the scene where it was two opposing sides with people we cared about on both sides. Yes, it was, or like the Brienne and Hound fight. Yep. So, like, you didn't want... Like, Bronn is shooting at the dragon. You're like, I, I don't want the dragons to go. But, but I don't want Bronn to go either, yeah. So, and then, like, Jamie charges at her. And, uh, like, Tyrion's just like, you damn fool. <laughs> yeah, like, Tyrion's reaction's great. But that's the thing where it just... That's the show I love. Yeah. Is and when the show is two having... people that you understand their reasons... But you still... That's why I hope some point this season we get to find out a bit more about the White Walkers and it's not as like black and white. But even if it is black and white, what I think is going to happen is are you well versed with the Azor Ahai uh, 
prophecy. Somewhat. Uh, the about the uh, what's the name of that religion? Uh, now I'm blanking. The uh, one that Melisandre. Uh, Relore is the name. Relore. Uh, what, what did she call him? The Red God. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Azor Ahai, even like without the Red God, like, so the Red God's thing is the prince that was promised. Azor Ahai and the prince that was promised are supposed to be the same person people think, but Azor Ahai is just a different prophecy. Okay. They're separate. So like the original Azor Ahai, how he defeated the, the White Walkers was he had to sacrifice his wife. And with that sacrifice, he got some power in his like sword and the sword became like turned into like a fight into fire and that's how he was able to kill the white walkers Interesting. what i think is gonna happen so beric dundarian with his fire sword is gonna save the day <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Beric all right he's my favorite character yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what i think is gonna happen is, i think most people think that Jon snow and daenerys are like it's probably gonna be one of those two that end up kind of coming up front and then maybe daenerys gives herself up sacrifices herself so that Jon snow can win Kind of following, paralleling Azor Ahai. People would be so pissed. <laughs> what I think is the opposite is going to happen. Jon Snow is going to give himself up, sacrifice himself, because he, he's done that already. That, that would fit his character so, many, so much. He's like, he's just I, like, death wasn't that bad. <laughs> I know what it's like. I can go back there. It's fine. Yeah. Four stars. Like, not the worst. <laughs> and Danny will end up kind of like being the person that wins it, but... I don't think Danny's gonna be the one who takes the throne. I think there's gonna be an extra kind of like thing that happens there. Okay, so who do you who do you want on the throne? I mean, Tyrion wouldn't be bad. Tyrion would be. But isn't he a great? Uh, isn't he? He's a great he be, hand. Shouldn't he be the hand of the he king? He should be the hand. All right. So then, who would we want on the throne? Sansa. Sansa wouldn't be terrible. Uh, it's hard because it's like part of me wants to cop out and say like I want there to be. Joffrey. <laughs> I want there to be, like, they, they've talked about, like, a king in the north and a king in the south. Like, maybe they just divide Westeros and realize that it shouldn't be one king. But, I don't know. Uh, it's hard, because, like you said, there's, it's, it's, it, they're setting it up to really be either John or Danny. I mean, if you had to pick one of those two, who, who would you want? Again, I think neither gets eventually the the throne and i think it changes from a throne to like a democratic kind of like thing that happens and the people will just it'd be cool who would it be coolest for like the people to select as like the leader barris <laughs> barris and davos oh I don't my know. god yeah i don't know that's that's what's hard yeah is it, like who should be like they've really set up the show that they want you to love Danny and or John. John. But I think it, it'd be too obvious if yeah. it's both of them. And then again, one of them would have to sacrifice themselves, and I think it would be John based on like whatever he's done. And there's this whole like foreshadowing scene with Danny in season two, where she's like t- almost about to touch the throne uh, when she's in the House of the Undying. Yeah, she's about to touch the throne, and you can kind of see it's winter. Like the top of the whole like room has been like kind of blown away. Yeah, about to touch the throne, but instead she like walks away from it. So I don't think she's going to take the throne. I think she's just going to, like, do something else. Uh, hang out with dragons and, you know. Hang out like, with dragons uh, and bang her nephew. <laughs> her nephew will be dead. Jon Snow is sacrificing himself and dying at some point. Jon yeah. Snow definitely should die. He has been almost dead and actually dead so many times. Fair. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know who I'd want on there. It's Okay, okay, okay. Crazy thought. Crazy. Okay. 
Melisandre had sex with him, or almost did. Gen Gendry? You don't even know his name. <laughs> Gendry? Gendry might be might be the closest. He's got Baratheon blood. I don't know. He's lovable. And then Arya marries Gendry. And um and Sansa's the hand of the king. Do you know who some people are shipping Sansa with? Who? Well some people are saying Gendry and then that that'll make Arya a little upset. But like I don't know if Arya's into dudes at all. You know, I think she just wants to kill people. I think it would be so much fun if Sansa got to be with Podrick. <laughs> Podrick, Pod. who they said in that one episode is apparently just like killer in the sack, <laughs> <laughs> and like Sansa's always been around assholes or people she didn't want to be with, and like Podrick's this sweet little boy. Like they're probably around the same age. Let's have them get together. I love King Podrick. I love. I love. Let's be honest, Lord, King Podrick. That's great. The Lord of Winterfell would be Podrick with Sansa. Let's get that going. Because then he can still chill with Brienne. They get right. Party, buddy. Yeah, they can still hang out. Or Bronn. Bronn's got to be king. Nah. But I don't know. Okay. Because I don't know. To me, there are so many people that I could see dying. I could see Bronn dying. I could see Tormund. Davos, Jorah, like all these secondary characters just yeah, just getting wiped yeah. here and there. Um, I say Arya dies too. I think that's the that's the that's the way it kind of ends, possibly. Possibly, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know who we want on the throne. And I, I'm, again, I'm going with Gendry. Gendry, Gendry, oh Gendry. that guy. I'm going that with that guy. guy. I don't know. Uh, King Podrick sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyrion could be his hand. Uh, yeah. So, guys, uh, Vanit hated on my favorite character, <laughs> but who's your favorite character? Who do you think should be king or queen? Should it just become a democratic system? This is all just a big lesson in why it should be democracy opposed to monarchy. Right, right. <laughs> That's all the show's about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You're for awesome. Sure. <laughs> uh, let me know whenever you want me on again definitely yeah we'll definitely try to have you on again despite you bashing my favorite character <laughs> but please guys uh let us know what you think uh, about all the, of our picks what were some of your picks for these you know most heartbreaking death favorite moment things like that uh please uh follow us on social medias entertainment buffet um entertainment buffet podcast you can find an apple podcast most podcast places we're working on getting on spotify but uh, be on the lookout uh, everywhere else you can find that. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at the pros T-H-E-P-R-O-Z-E, um, or Twitter. As, uh, that's where you can find me as well. But, yeah, subscribe, rate, review us. You hear it on every podcast you listen to, but it really helps get the podcast out there. So we would appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, next episode, Jess will be back, and she won't be bashing my favorite character like Benita. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm bitter. He's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm kicking him out of my apartment now. <laughs> Alright, guys. Game of Thrones, season oh, eight. Can't starting, wait. Can't wait. Oh my starting god. Starting soon. Heck well, yeah. as some say, Avengers fans, we're in the end game now. <laughs>